Why, why do we need to actually learn about the principle of financial prosperity? It's because, you see, most Christians by default will operate according to the standard of this world. Most Christians will live their life in a way that conforms to the dictates and the standard of this world. So you, if you check how you have lived your life, how you've operated in your finances and everything, you will see that there is nothing spectacular about it. Maybe a little difference here and there. But most of the principles we follow are the principles that even other people in the world are following. So instead of us ruling, we have now decided to conform and, you know, and that we are living at the same level. Now, there is a problem already. Now, for instance, for instance now, okay, now, the new government that has come in, you see the way things are skyrocketing. As of today, now, I hear petroleum has gone to 600 and something. All right? I actually bought it 568 today before I came here. Okay? Now, it also means um, the, the cost of transportation will go up. Don't you realize that traffic has reduced? All right? There is no more traffic. Traffic is reducing. Now, the cost of food item is skyrocketing. Now, do you realize that everywhere now, there is chaos, uncertainty. But you see, this is where you know the voice from the man. It is not a doom season for us. But the children of God, who has also lived their life based on the standard of, the world, on, of this world, even though they are Christian, you will see them complaining the way they have been complaining. That is to show that all along, they thought they were following godly principle, but they were actually following worldly principles. Because when the economy of Egypt failed, the economy of Goshen did not fail. Are you with me? So now, so that's why it's so important for us to take this teaching seriously. Like the first one I taught last week, I asked them to post it. Even me, when I, I really listened to my message. In fact, since I became a pastor, I would say that this is the first time I listened to my own sermon back to back. Because I know that those principles, me too, I need to hear. So I just send it to me. All right? I don't really, it's the first time I listen to it. Because me too, I want to be blessed by what the Lord <laughs> is helping us to understand. Amen, amen. So I want you to know that what we are teaching in this series is not just one of those things. It's something that's going to change our lives. And I pray that your testimonies will be birthed in the name of Jesus. Alright, so let's follow me now to Psalm 11, verse 3. Psalm 11, verse 3. Now, today I will, I will be teaching now, I'm starting now to, on part 2, which is now going to be foundation for true prosperity. Or foundation for kingdom financial prosperity. Or let's call it true prosperity because there's false and there is true one. So foundations for true prosperity. Now, why is foundation important? No building can go higher than what the foundation can hold. In fact, you can tell how high a building is going by looking at the foundation. Uh, on the island, uh, on Osborne, I think Osborne, uh, yes, uh, there's a building that is going on now. And you will see that you have not seen one single block being laid. Every machines, every moving machines, 
night after night. In fact, we see the kind of iron and the kind of sand that have been excavated from that place. You don't, if you have been around for some time, you will know that this must be a high-rise building. It must be a high-rise building. Our church building, there's a building uh, our side, there's a building beside us. That man started their own, and within about two or three months, they finished first law, they're about to do roofing. But you see, in our own case, in fact, when you see what we even have to do to even move the earth so that we can have a bit of underground, and the structure they had to even pull around, they didn't do all those ones. In fact, the engineer was saying, what we use in digging floor and just putting things around could have completed perhaps a bungalow. But because we know that we are going higher, so I'm not envious of them. Because our destination <laughs> is different. Do you understand? I'm not envious of them. If you get to the place now and even see what we are to put in terms of iron and those things, it's because we know that we are still going more floors, but they, they only have one floor. So the way they are to do their own is different from the way we have to do ours. It's the same thing when it comes to us as children of God. And it comes to the matter of when we talk about kingdom prosperity. That the first thing is that you must know how to lay the foundation for true prosperity. If you don't know how to lay the foundation for true prosperity, there is no way in your Christian walk you will not run into financial crisis or you will not see financial starvation or things will not go the other way even when that is not what you plan for. Because if the foundation is not properly laid, is a matter of time. Catastrophe will arise. Now, what does the Bible say about foundation? Psalm 11 verse 3 says, If the foundation be destroyed, what can the righteous do? If the foundation be destroyed, what can the righteous do? Hallelujah. Now, let's talk about foundation again. The first thing I want you to know, that prosperity in the kingdom of God does not happen overnight. There is nothing that is called overnight prosperity. Take it from me. There is nothing, it's a journey. It's, it's something that evolves as you keep putting right principles into practice on a regular basis. There is nothing called overnight prosperity. In the kingdom of God. Nothing like that. I want you to first disabuse your mind. Because this will help you not to be disappointed when you do some things and you don't see results by tomorrow. The second thing I would like you to know is that prosperity in the kingdom of God, in this context we're talking about financial prosperity, is not an event, it's a lifestyle. So similar to what I just said, it's not something that will just happen as an event. In fact, let me tell you the truth. The day or the hour it may happen, you may not know. You will look back only for you to realize that you are not where you used to be. It's not an event. It's not an event. So it doesn't happen overnight. And it's not an event. The third thing I would like to let you know is that there is no singular factor that can make you prosper. There is no singular factor in the kingdom of God that can guarantee true prosperity. 
I know that that may surprise quite a number of us. But that is the truth. So when I say there is no singular factor, it simply means it answers to a set of principles and systems working together to produce that result. So no singular factor that can guarantee instant prosperity, but rather it answers to what principles, or let me put it that way, a network of principles and systems working together to produce results. To produce results. So for instance, this might disappoint those who say, for instance, kingdom prosperity answers only to giving. So you see that for some time, people only talk about giving, 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 giving. But now, you, those of you who have been around for some time, will realize that when you give and give some time, you still don't see the results. Because see, there is no singular thing that will just say, giving alone cannot make you experience true prosperity. Let me disappoint you if that is what you are looking for. No. Giving alone cannot make it happen. Prayer alone cannot make it happen. The scripture alone cannot, following, just confessing the word of God alone cannot make it happen. Giving to the poor alone cannot make it happen. Why? Tell me the exact food you ate that made you grow into an adult. Can anybody point to me the exact food you ate that after finish eating the food, then you just realize that, ah, you have become a full-blown adult. Did it happen that way? But you realize that what they will teach to us is balanced diet. So true prosperity answers to a balanced system. It answers to a balanced system. You must understand those systems that birth seeds. And there must be balance in all of them. If you take only Gary, Gary carbohydrates, just as some of us just think that it's giving, giving, giving alone. After some time you will develop a disease called Kwashoko. So there is no singular thing. So that is why you must understand the systems that when you and principles that when you put in place will guarantee true prosperity that is irreversible. You see, when you take balanced diet consistently, after some time, what happens to you? True growth. And you realize that that growth is sustainable. That is why you see, for instance, that even when they do lottery in the world, those who who become millionaire by lottery, they still, they don't become the true billionaires afterward. The, among the top billionaires in the world, there is no single one that came by lottery winning. Because you see, they did not grow into it. They jumped into it. it the only thing that is sustainable is what you grow into. Because growth is not reversible. But jumping is reversible. So this should help you to note that, you know, just looking for a quick fix today is <laughs> not going to work. I remember one time when, when I was in financial crisis, so I was trying to help myself. I needed to pay some bills, and um, I was praying that particular night, and um, my wife was selling recharge card. So this particular, I think whether she was selling or I had to go and buy I felt that there, may, there will be, I can make, I can help God. So, I don't know whether some of you have, if you are using this, a particular network, 
that they will say, if you answer a question right, you know, how many of you saw there was a time, if you answer this question right, then you will get, uh, I think, a certain amount. Ah. So, and each question is about 100 naira. Each question is about 100 naira. So that night, ah, I sat. I said, they've been advertising this thing for some time. Why don't I just answer the question? So I started. They asked, what's the capital of Nigeria? Just like that, FCT. I was like, then they said, you are almost there. The capital of Lagos, ah, Ikeja. I was so happy. And 100 naira went again. I finished 1,000 naira, and the question has not finished. And I kept getting all of them right. Then they would say, Keeper, do you know that that night, out of nothing, nothing, after I finished about 10,000 naira recharge card, the question had still not stopped. I'm telling you a true experience. I just kept open and open and open and open. After I finished the recharge the, the last 10,000 naira card, and they were still saying, You are almost there. I realized there was a problem. So that night, I did, I, I, my wife may remember this part, I had to sew all the recharge card like a chain, and I hanged it. I hanged it in my house, so that every morning, I would know that there is no shortcuts. It, I just hanged those card there to remind me of the fact that <laughs> shortcut will only cut things short. Amen? Amen. Is somebody with me? So, you must understand that it answers to principles, consistent principles. You must engage those principles on a regular basis. Those principles must become a lifestyle. They must become something you do like a reflex action that you don't even think about. You don't need to worry about prospering. If you put those principles to work, you will definitely prosper financially. Do you realize that most of us did not worry about growth? How many of you were worried about growing? Instead of worrying about growth, what were you thinking every day? You just ate, you, just, you were just eating what you ought to eat, eating what you ought to eat. Growing was not your concern. Eating well and eating at the right time Staying healthy was your concern. And the healthy life will always lead to growth. You see, healthy kingdom principles will always birth financial prosperity. You don't need to worry about it. That is why you see that the way Jesus lived his life, he was not spending time praying for money. Jesus never prayed for money, but yet he never died in debt. Jesus never raised any prayer point about money and yet he had more than enough. Why? Because just like growth, it's an abnormally for me to be thinking that we like grow, we like grow, we like grow, we like grow. I wake up every day, do what is expected of me, and I leave the rest. When you engage the right principles, there is no devil that can stop you from prospering financially. Take it from me. It will happen. Just as the day happens naturally and the night comes, those principles will always bet results in your life. So I would like you to say, I lay your fear. Relax. Worrying about money will not make you a millionaire. It's, that, it's time you rather begin to think and engage those principles 
intentionally for the right results in your life. I hope this is clear. So we are heading somewhere. So because you see, if you don't understand this, like my first, my first principle now that I'm about to lay, is said, ah, what I want to hear is what do I need to do to just have this money? Pastor, tell me one thing. I want to have No, 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 no. Remember, there is no one thing. It's a system. It's a system. So let's look at the first foundation that must be laid for true prosperity. It's called the foundation of holiness. The foundation of holiness. <laughs> I'm sure... Quite a number of people may not be expecting this. Alright? Thinking that there is something more powerful than this. In fact, this is the greatest foundation. The foundation of holiness. Second Timothy chapter 2 verse 19. Nevertheless, the foundation of God standeth sure. Having this seal, the Lord knoweth them that are his. And let everyone that nameth the name of Christ depart, depart from iniquity. Let everyone that nameth the name of Christ depart from iniquity. You see, when we talk about holiness, the Greek word for holiness is also the same word for sanctification. Sanctification. Both holiness and sanctification come from the same Greek word. And what does it mean? It means to be special. It means to be set aside or set apart as special. In this case, unto God. Unto God. It means to be separated unto God. To be separated unto God. So when we talk about holiness, holiness, sanctification is... The fact that you are aware that you are now separated unto who? Unto God. That is what holiness means. It does not mean, oh, you have never fornicated before. No. Because if holiness is about fornication, then why would the Bible say that be ye holy as God is holy? Because God is not going to commit fornication. But you see, your more, holiness is, that I'm, is to be special. To be separated unto God. To be set aside for the master's purpose. Let me give you an instance. Those of us who, are, um, who grew up maybe with some older parents. Realize that those days there used to be a certain set of plate or dish. That are always on top of the shelf. That are, is, is set aside for these mysterious guests. I, 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 I don't know whether you, you, you saw it. I saw it with my grandma. Alright. Is set aside for the mysterious guest. Very lovely, very fine. And some of them look so attractive, but they are always on the shelf. Now, no matter what you do, on a regular basis, everybody in the house uses the same kind of plate. But that one, they will tell you, is a reserved plate. In fact, when you, if you want to hear the day you were born and the story of your life, go and carry it and bring down. Then they will tell you some history that even that plate is older than you. That it was there before you were born. Now you see, setting that plate or those dishes aside, that is an example of what? Holiness. It's not 
going to interact with the regular plates or regular dishes is for a special use. And of the truth, the day they bring it down, you must know that that one is not just an August visitor. It's a December visitor. Yeah. The, the person must be very, very special. It's the same thing when we talk about holiness. An awareness that now you are special. You are dedicated unto God. He said, this is one of the foundation that makes a lot of Christians to be poor. I use the word Christian because you can be in Christ and not be holy. You can be in Christ and not be holy. Because after you are born again, God gives us the gift of righteousness, but it is your duty to grow in that grace. God will not grow it for you. God will not grow it for you. That is why if you keep asking for forgiveness every day, one million times he will forgive you. But what happens eventually is that you will find out that you are not growing spiritually. He keeps forgiving, but you keep paying the consequences. As for God, is ever merciful, ever lovely, ever kind, but he does not joke with holiness. I'm sure you will not want to travel for a long distance of, um, uh, with an amateur driver. So a man who does not see himself special unto God cannot go far with God. An amateur Christian can't go far with God. No matter what you do, God cannot commit true prosperity into your hand. Because you see, yes, you are his child, but he cannot commit the best car into your hand. You rather let it. That's why you see when people are learning how to drive, they don't drive with, they don't drive with exotic, learn how to drive with exotic cars. What do they learn how to drive with? Cars that they, when, even if you have an accident, they, the consequences is not going to be much. Why? Because the person is still learning, has not grown, has not perfected the skill of driving. It is as you keep getting better in your skill, that is where better cars can be committed into your hand. The things of God are not meant for amateurs. The great things of God are not meant for amateurs. So you are asking, Lord, I've been a Christian for 20 years. I've been a Christian for 10 years. The question is, are you growing in your walk with God? Are you growing in your walk with God? Is somebody with me? Let's look at what the Bible has to say about this subject. Okay. 2 Corinthians chapter 7 verse 1. Having therefore these promises, dearly beloved, let us cleanse ourselves from all filthiness of the flesh. Now, who is doing the cleaning here? We. Not, you, you are the one that have to make a decision that, hey, I'm cleaning myself from this. Let us cleanse ourselves from all filthiness of the flesh and the spirit. Perfecting holiness is being given to us as a gift. Righteousness was given to us as a gift, but it's our duty to perfect it. Perfecting holiness in the fear of God. Perfecting holiness in the fear of God. First Thessalonians chapter 4 verse 7. 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 7. For God had not called us unto uncleanness, but unto what? Holiness. God had not called us unto uncleanness, but unto what? Holiness. Now, what, 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 why is holiness important? Why is it important for a child of God to know that, to live a sanctified and holy life, to separate himself unto God? Now, Romans chapter 6 verse 23, what does it say? It says, for the wages of sin is what? Good. But the gift of God is what? 
eternal life through who? Christ Jesus. Good. Watch it. John 10, 10 says, The thief cometh not but to steal, to kill, and to what? But I am come that may, they may have what? Life. Follow me now. Genesis 2, 16 to 17. And the Lord God commanded the man saying, Of every tree of the garden thou mayest freely eat. But of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, thou shalt not eat of it. For in the day that thou eatest thereof, what will happen? Thou shalt surely what? Now, so you see that constantly, death is associated with sin. Death is associated with sin. So the more a believer live a sinful life, what is he ushering himself into? Death. Now, I want to first tell you this. Death is a person. Death is not a thing. Death is a person. Death has a personality. <laughs> it's one of the demons or one of the evil spirits. Death is a person. Look at it. Let me show you from the word of God. Revelation chapter 6 verse 8. Revelation chapter 6 verse 8. And I looked and behold a pale horse. And his name that sat on him was death. <laughs> Do you see that? The name of the person that sat on that pale horse. His name is what? Death. And hell followed him. With him. And power was given unto them over the fourth part of the earth. To do what? So you see that death does what? Kills. With sword. Now what other thing did he use to kill? <laughs> what is death used to kill? Anger, right? And what did he also use to kill? And with what? Death. So you can see, to kill with sword and with hunger and with death is a mysterious thing. Death can kill with death. That the spirit of death kills with what? Death. And with the beast of the earth. So when God said to Adam, people have always wondered. You know, we cannot fully exhaust the mystery of the word of God. The day you eat of these, you shall surely what? Die. Now, literally the man did not die. But his condition and his standard of living changed. Yeah. What you, we see was that the number one, there was a separation from God. So when the Bible says the wages of sin is death, it means a man that is living in sin will be what? Separated from God. Yeah. So you can see that Adam was separated from God. Number two, you will also observe that part of the thing was that as a result of that death, one of the curse was, in fact, go and check. Let's read Genesis again. How did he die? Did he really die? Well, one of the product of death, because we see that in Revelation, that death always comes with hunger too. So he, he, he afflicts with hunger, with pestilence, and with hell. Hell means terrible condition. Terrible, deplorable condition. 
as the person is coming out from here, is a terrible condition. That is hell. There is, hell is not only the lake of fire. Hell means tormenting circumstances. Terrible situation. And look at it. Go to Genesis with me. Because God said he will surely die. Look at Genesis. Genesis let's go back to Genesis chapter 3. Genesis 3. And let's look at the consequence of Adam's disobedience. Verse 7. And the eyes of them both were opened. And they knew that they were naked. Number one, loss of dignity. Their dignity were lost. The moment they walked into sin, there was a total loss of dignity. Nakedness means loss of dignity. One of the meaning of nakedness. Is, you remember the story of the prodigal son? That when he came back to his father's house, one of the things that the father had to do was to put a new cloth. He was wearing clothes, but it was a cloth that was not associated with dignity anymore. So his father had to say, put a new robe on him. Loss of dignity. The first thing that happened, that they lost their dignity. Why? They are now walking in, in a sinful life. Now, let's go. The, and they sewed fig leaves together and made themselves aprons. Now, you could see their standard of living, what, did it, what happened to them? Went down. Standard of living just went down straight. That is what, that's one of the things that God calls death. They began to live a life that is lower than God had designed for them. But that was not all. Verse 17. Now look at it. Unto Adam he said, Because thou hast hearkened to the voice of thy wife, and hast eaten of the tree of which I commanded thee, saying, Thou shalt not eat of it. Now what, did it, what happened first? Curse is what? <laughs> what was the first thing that God said over him? Curse is what? No, just watch all that God was talking about. Watch it very well and look at the resultant effect. Curse is the ground for thy sake. In sorrow shall thou eat of all the days of your life. Are you watching the pattern? Thorns also and thistles shall it bring forth to thee, and thou shalt eat herbs of the field. In the sweat of thy face, thou shalt eat bread. Now, are you saying eat, eat, eat there? <laughs> are you seeing eating there? Are you seeing the ground? Source of income. Because for him, his source of income was from where? He put him in the garden to till the ground. Was that not what the assignment to get to him? Now, God cursed the ground. That was supposed to be his source of income. So the first thing, God knew as a result of their sin was that the source of income, their financial power was cursed. Food was cursed. It became an ozler. Say, in your sweat, you shall heat bread till thou return unto the ground. And for out of which thou was taken, and thou shalt also return. So some really, when you want to say the curse that God gave Adam, in one word, what do you call it? It's not the curse of poverty. No, it's not the curse of poverty. So in the day that thou shalt eat it, thou shalt surely die. If we are to use that word and put synonyms, it means that you will become poor the day you obey the devil. 
sin ushers in poverty. It is so trivialized. You could see that if poverty was a good thing, God would not introduce it as a consequence for wrongdoing. It cast him with poverty. It cast him with poverty. So when the Bible talks about death, it's not just the physical death, literal death. Standard of living, living lower than God has ordained is a sign of death. Let's look at Luke chapter 15 again. Let's look at another person that actually this thing played out again. Another Adam in a certain sense. Luke 15 verse 13. And not many days after, this was now the story of the prodigal son. And not many days after, the younger son gathered all together and took his journey into a far country and there wasted his substance with riotous living. He separated himself from his father. And now the Bible calls any life that is separated from God a wasteful life. Wasteful life. That's why I said, what shall it profit a man to gain the whole world and lose what? So, he had something, but the Bible called it waste. But now look at verse 14. And when he had spent all, there arose a mighty famine in the land and began to be in want. There arose a mighty famine in the land and began to be in want. The question is, in the midst of this famine, how come the family was not affecting his father? No, have you ever thought about it? There were now two conditions. The condition of the one who had walked away from the covering of his father and the condition of that is that still the, the, the blessed, the condition that exists around the father did not change even when the boy came back. The father had not become more broke. Nothing had happened to the finances of the father. The father was still as wealthy as the day the boy left. What changed was in his own condition. You see, he's still the same God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob that we are serving. He has not changed. He has not changed. The sad news is that we are the ones that have changed. We are the ones that have separated ourselves from him. We are the ones that have had this double standard. We want to live like the world and we want the blessing of God. No, there is a price to be paid for the blessing of God. And that price remained unchanged. When the prodigal son thought that there can be double standard, you cannot carry the blessing of God and be, and be living like the world and want that blessing to continue. One of the reasons why most of the children of God are frustrated in their finances is that they are living, riotous living, living by the standard and the principle of this world, and yet they want to claim the blessing of God. It doesn't work. It doesn't work. You could see that the prodigal son could not eat his cake and have it. So, but look at what happened. Verse 17. And when he came to himself, he said, How many higher servants of my father's have bread enough? So you could see that he was now prosperity conscious. To spare. And I perish with hunger. Do you see what sin does? Sin produces hunger. Sin produces hunger. It produces poverty. Every is constant. It's constant. I will arise and go to my father's house and I will say unto him, I have what? Sinned. <laughs> when you read the story, oftentimes we, we skip this statement. He realized that the source of his predicament was what? Sin. 
The first I will arise and go, I will say, I have what? In other words, the fact that I am eating with pigs, the fact that my, my condition has come down, the fact that I, 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 I can trace it back to the fact that I have sinned. I have sinned. He said it himself. So I will go and the first thing is I, I have sinned. And you see, and look at what happened. Verse 21. And the son said unto him, Father, I have sinned against heaven <laughs> and in thy sight. I am not worthy to be called thy son. So he recognized the source of his problem. But the father said to his servant, bring forth the best robe. What did Adam say when he sinned? What did he observe first? He was naked. What was his father's response when the boy came? To be clothed. Sin takes away the glory of God from the life of a man. You see, what sin does is to take away glory. It takes away glory. Adam knew he was naked. The prodigal son father realized that now I need to clothe you. I pray today every glory that has been lost, there shall be restoration. In this series, as we, as we make our relationship with the Father sound, I pray that every lost glory shall be restored in the name of Jesus. Is somebody with me? It's not negotiable. Holiness. Sanctification. In 2 Corinthians chapter 6, he said, come, let's look at 2 Corinthians chapter 6. 2 Corinthians I think I would like to chapter 6 verse 17 wherefore come out from among them and be ye separated say the Lord and touch not the unclean thing and I will receive you and I will be a father unto you. And you shall be my sons and daughters, saith the Lord Almighty. Now, there are three words that I use here. Three nouns. You may look over. Number one, I said, I will receive you. I will be a father unto you. They said, you shall be sons and daughters. Then at the same time, the one that is talking is the Lord Almighty. In other words, you see, the moment you are separated unto God, the responsibility of a father is to take care of his children. Provision is part of the responsibility of a father. So he's our God, but he said, I will be a father, a father, a father unto you, and you shall be sons and daughters. What is this saying? In other words, I will be your provider. I will be your sustainer. I will be your prosperity. I will sustain you. I will help you. Just separate yourself and come on to me and touch not unclean thing. If there is anything in our walk with God, even in this season, is for us to become people who are not compromising in our walk with God. We need to go back to realize that the fundamental of what it means to be born again is to, be, to live a sanctified life. You can see, you cannot be watching the movie they are watching. You cannot be spending time on the, on the same way they are spending time on social media. No. Even when you wake up in the morning, your priority should be different. And it matters. I will give you an instance. I wanted to do a transaction in the bank, I think on Monday. Uh, was it Monday? Yes? Yes. 
Today's Tuesday. Yes, I think, I mean, I think it was last week Friday. No, last week Friday. Last week Friday. I learned this. I was so tired because I did a vigil overnight. But, you know, and um, so the day before I was with my accountant, we could not finalize that transaction. And I needed them to get me a particular thing done in the bank. Now, it was on the island. That's where I, I have my own account office, where my office is on, in Admiralty. But you know what? That morning when I woke up, one of the things that must always resound in your mind is that you cannot live the way the world lives and expect a supernatural result. So, for instance, what do most people do in the morning when they wake up? When they wake up in the morning, you see that everybody takes their back. They are rushing to work. No time for God. No time for prayer. No time for quiet time. Because you see, they, by their might, they get things done. So, I said to myself, uh, that even though I wanted to go early that morning, I told but we, we ought to be at the island around 9 or 10. But I was already, I woke up late because I was tired from the vigil. Still, I just felt that I need to, see, nothing not can take away my quiet time and my prayer. So, my bedroom, I decided to, to, to pray. And um, I think I, I spent about two to three hours that morning pacing and praying. And by the time I finished, I had my quiet time. I took my breakfast. Three hours is gone, spending with the Lord. Now, I'm about to set out. As I was going from my house, now, going all the way to Ireland, the only place, in fact, I said I was going to the headquarter of that bank. Because if they were not getting, getting any result at the branch level, so I told Pastor, I, once we don't get it at, on, on Lekki, we'll go to their headquarter. So everything was pointing to Ireland. As I got to somewhere at Abulegba area, it just occurred to me that, ah, but this bank had a branch at um, Okoba area here. Why don't I just, it's just like a thought, like a thought. Why don't I just embrace it? So I, I said, that's why let's go to the one at Okoba first and let's see. Now, Okoba in a certain sense, Agege is a local place. Agege is a local place. Highland, there is more life and activity there. But you will not believe it. In less than 13 minutes, all right, what I was going to look for on the island was done there. Now, what, let me tell you the truth. To really tell you that it was the hand of God, I had called my account officer earlier. By the time I was getting through in the bank, she rather called me that it was not possible. That thing was not going to be done. It was, I was not going to get results. That even in the head office, I was not going to get results. But here was I in a branch office, where the spirit of the Lord directed me, I got the result that I will have burnt enough fuel and come back empty-handed, not happy. Then I said, God, why me? No, why God, why me? The foundation said, come out from among them and be you what? Separated. So we live like the people in the world. They wake up in the morning, they hold, 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 even as a hold, 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 Lord have mercy, oh Lord have mercy, and they go. Even that is even they even have time for God. But when you realize that you are special, being special means the way you live your life as one focus, bringing glory to God. That's the ultimate aim. Bringing glory. You will look at everything you are doing. And you ask yourself, is this thing I'm doing bringing glory to God? That is what it means to know you're special. Is somebody with me? 
the foundation of holiness for true prosperity. Let's quickly look at some, one of the rewards. Rewards of um, holiness. Rewards of holiness. Now, the first thing I would like to say when it comes to this is that there are two types of pleasure. One, we have the pleasure of sin, and the other, we have godly pleasure. But both of them are pleasurable. The pleasure of sin and the godly pleasure. The Bible says in Hebrews chapter 11, verse 24, it says, By faith, when he was come to years, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter. It's a decision. Refused to be called the sons of Pharaoh's daughter. Choosing rather to suffer affliction with the people of God than to enjoy the pleasure of sin for a season. See, the pleasure of sin has an expiry time. See, when we talk about living a holy life, the reason why most of us compromise is that we do not want to suffer affliction. We don't want to suffer at all. We don't want to suffer at all. So it's easier to cut corner. Maybe everybody come 10 o'clock. You two, you just put it there. 10 o'clock or 9.50. So that they will not penalize you. Because if you put the actual time, they will audit and penalize you. So it's easier to just also write 9.50. At least you collect your money at the end of the month. You don't want to suffer affliction. A child of God that does not want to suffer affliction for a season cannot experience the fullness of his glory. There is a price to pay to follow God. When you tell the truth, it may mean that they have to beat you. It may mean that they have to look down on you. And the person who is telling the lie will walk away being glorified. Well, it's for a season. Be ready to pay that price. Be ready to pay that price. I thank God that, you know, as a young boy, I, I, I didn't know the levity of what I was doing. Because, you see, growing up in the condition I grew up, I remember I was in a certain church, and one day a girl walked to me after service. I said, you know, John, I like the way you are acting. You act so well. You make us laugh in church. You know, why don't you stop by in our house occasionally and just come and eat lunch? fantastic idea anything that will make food to come to me regularly is always a very good idea so nobody had to tell me she, she said occasionally i made it often you know so i would go to her house you know from 11 that was where i began to watch dstv i would watch movie then she would serve me breakfast she would serve me lunch oh what a fantastic lovely godly sister ah, yeah, 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 yeah. but one of those days you know in fact before I know it, you know, she, when, she, when she's bringing the food, you know, in my own house, one, six people share one meat. In this one, only me, three meats. Ah, and she will put the thing that I said, God, the God that answered it by fire. Let it be my God, the Lord. Oh, it was an answer to a hunger prayer. But one day, I was after eating and I was watching. Then she came from behind. It was, ooh, hush. It was, it was vibration all around the way. See, as, as her hand was moving on my head, it was as though, oh, stop it, I like it. Stop it, I like it. Stop it, I like it. 
Oh, she said, it's like you are having pain. Even if there was no pain, then I said, yes, 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 there was a pain. The pain has to come. But you know, after the hand came all that drama, and I said, instantly, I had to choose. This is the pleasure of sin. It will never last forever. It was a decision that I made in my life that turned things around for me. That's why I said that prosperity is a system. I can't say this was the only one. There are a series of others. But you know that day, I just told her, I said, you know what? Just wait, 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 you know? I'm not prepared today, you know? Let's, tomorrow, tomorrow. You know, I have to, I, I just give one form of excuse. It was easy for me to fornicate with her because already, this girl will bring food stuff to my house. My mother had fallen in love with her. In fact, my mother was calling her Iyawo, 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 Iyawo already. My, oh, who will not like a girl that instead of collecting from me is, is I'm telling you, I have bag of rice, two bars of yam, beans. This girl saved money to, to sold me the first native. She sold me a, a, a oh, white, white, Mr. White. You know, I, she sold the native for me. I don't need to work again for the rest of my life. She was going to give me money. The auntie was an immigration officer. The husband of the auntie was a custom officer. So money was coming in. And she was giving me allowance on a daily basis. Minus the food. Oh. What? Don't you think I should just come and share testimony in church? And praise Master Jesus. You see, when pastor said this is going to be our year of testimony, then you cut the testimony like that. You know, you cut it, cut it, cut it. You will not say the real thing. God has done it. Someone, and we too, we help you rejoice. Even when you testify of it, it doesn't sanctify it. Testimony does not sanctify a wrong action. So that night when I got home, I knew I had to pay her back because she's been exceptionally kind to me. But I said I was not going to pay with my body. So I told my mother, I'm going to Ogba, Omole precisely, Ogba, yes, county area in Ogba. I said, I'm going to start staying with my friend. So why? I couldn't tell my mother why. So I packed my load and I said, if this girl asks after me, mommy, please, if you love me, don't give her my address. So my mother and everybody did not give her my address. So I stopped attending the church that could bring us interaction and I went to Oba. That was the place I took a decision to work in a factory for the first time in my life. There's a factory Beside Coca-Cola and Agadeng, but then they, they, they make plastic. It's called Karamu Plastics. Karamu Plastics. That was, I went to go and walk. A, the, when I had a girl that can give me 100 uh, money every day, I was earning 100 naira per day. And I, even out of that one, even if I buy beans and the rest of the day, food allowance was about 60 naira. But in order to survive, I had to trek. I never from, from Ogba. So Agiding B was my regular trekking distance. I'm talking to you about the, how, Mo, how Moses navigated and the price you two have to pay. I had to trek. I had to trek. So in the place, that was when, in, in fact, the, the, the bean seller in that place, you know, you can buy 10 naira beans, then buy 5 naira water. Beans water. 
You know, beans water, if it's hot, when you even put the garlic on top, it becomes like a mixture of garlic. It turns to porridge. I don't know whether, whether it's just a miracle. So you don't even know. So I, you buy the beans, you buy the water. See, international audience may not understand this because you, you only take McDonald's, you take burger, you take chicken spicy, you know, um, what is that one? Or what is that? Those coffee and all those. See, they're, yeah, they're, we take, we buy beans and we buy beans water. Yeah, you don't understand what I'm saying. I, I'm telling you, I buy, and the, when I finish like this, my stomach will be like a brick, wall of brick. Then we, I, and from morning till you close, you walk under the sun. There is, you don't walk in the factory, you walk under the sun. And what we do in the sun is to gas those plastics. We gas the plastics. It was the price I had to pay. Fast forward, one day, this time around, God had blessed me. I moved from caramel plastic to other phases of my life, which I can't even recall for. But you know what stood for me? Then somebody called me. Say, hey, John, have you heard what happened to this girl? I said, which girl? Yeah, that's your girl. So which girl? Yeah, 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 yeah. Tell me what happened. Say, oh, they've driven her out of the house. What happened? The auntie caught her sleeping with her husband. The auntie caught her. So I thought... For me, I may think I was the only one in her life. But she, I was just a part-time. Now, do you know something? The day they drove her out of that house, my destiny would have been driven out with her. If I had not repented before that time. The day she went down, I would have also gone down with her. If I had not chosen to pay the price of following God. In the place of sanctification, living a sanctified life, I cannot be a Christian and be and be collecting money from a girl and and and, and I'm still coming back to just say, even when you tight out of it, it will always make things tight for you. It will not untight the poverty. That it will not untight it. It will, whatever is not godly cannot be blessed, no matter what you do with it. Pay tight, give building offering. Go. No, the foundation must be right. It must be right. The Bible said Moses chose to suffer affliction. He could have remained in Egypt. But he knew who he was. Who are you? Who are you? When you are faced with those, with those decisions to choose God... And to compromise, do you sell your? How cheap is your Jesus? How cheap is your Jesus? I remember the story of a man who was the a, was a preacher. He was invited to a town to preach, and um, he, that particular day, he you know he was going to the venue. He was he, he, he did not have enough money. It was a small rural town, so as he entered the bus, all right. You know, he was supposed to pay. Then you go in. So, the, the driver just said, go in. So, whatever reason, he did not pay. And he sat down. As he sat down, that was the last money in his hand. And he said, he began to think, Lord, this 90 cents or 80 cents, is this you answering my prayer? Is this the hand of God? Because this driver did not collect the money. He had, and he was battling and battling and battling and battling in his mind. When he got to the point where he was going to stop, he told the driver he was going to stop. As he was coming out, 
He was about to step out. Then he stopped and told the driver, you didn't collect the money from me. Please take your money. And the driver said, it was intentional. Are you not the new preacher in town? I just did it to test you because I don't believe in your God. But now, I will be at your crusade tonight. I will be at your crusade tonight. You know, when he came down, he said with tears in his eyes, he said, Lord Jesus, I was about to sell you for 80 cents. I was about to sell you for 80 cents. Do you know how many times some of us have sold Jesus for 80 cents? A lot of us have sold Jesus for even one naira. And here we are, still complaining that we want him to prosper us. Here we are, complaining like the world that Nigeria is hard. The Bible says that the young lion do lack and suffer hunger. But they that wait upon the Lord shall not lack any good thing. The question is, we cannot continue in sin and ask that grace should abound. For us to see true prosperity, our value system has to change. It's not negotiable. Our value system has to change. We rather choose to suffer affliction. You see, the prosperity gospel that paints everything glory, glory, as though, you know, there are times you have to suffer affliction. It's not wrong. Sometimes we have to suffer for what we believe. Don't let anybody deceive us. Moses suffered. He left that place and became a shepherd for 40 years just because he refused to compromise. 40 years of his life was taken away. But did God not send replenish that 40 years back? He gave him that 40 years and much more. There is nothing you sacrifice for God that you will not have back in good measure, pressed down, shaking together and running over. It's always worth following after God. Oh, will it be easy? No, 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 no. Don't let anybody deceive you. It's not going to be easy. That's why the Bible said he suffered affliction. The other person that suffered affliction was Joseph himself. Remember that Joseph, look at the secret of prosperity of Joseph before we close. Look at it now. You know, the story of Joseph was so wonderful that in Genesis 39 verse 2, Genesis 39 verse 2 says, And the Lord was with Joseph, and he was a prosperous man. He, God was with him, and he prospered. God was with him. For when you hear God was with a person, that means the person is living a holy life, a life that is attractive to God. Because the presence of God repels sin. He's a holy God. So when you say God was with him, that means he was pleasing God in his ways. Then the Bible says, Verse 3, and his master saw that the Lord was with him and that the Lord made all that he did to prosper. Ah, this will be your testimony. The Lord made all that he did to prosper in his hands. And Joseph found grace in his sight and he served him and he made him overseer over his house and all that he had put into his hand. Verse 5, and it came to pass from that time he had made him overseer in his house that he had now prospered. Do you see the place of character? He said from that time he had now gained his promotion. That is why God wants you to have that firm foundation of holiness, character, godly character, sanctified life. So that when, because you see, every next level will attract a next devil. 
Every next level will attract the next devil. So if you are not solid in your work with God today, whilst you are still trekking, the day you are behind the steering and one girl with a mini skirt just winked his eyes on you. Oh, is you are done for. You are done for. Because you see, whilst you are trekking, you have not learned to, to walk with God. You have not built that foundation strong. And that is what God is doing for some of us. It's not that God has not seen your prayers and your, or your calling, but he's trying to build a character in you. Build character in you. So that way as you grow, because you see, every level has a devil waiting at that level. Yeah. So you see, there's all, a lot of time when you see the devil at that level, will you still stand? Will you still stand? Because the Bible says it came to pass after his master had made him overseer. After his promotion had showed up. After he had hammered. After he, he had prospered. He said, and after the Lord had blessed him. He said, verse, he said, verse um, 6. And he left all that he had in his Joseph's hand. And he knew not all he had saved. Um, which he did it. And Joseph was goodly person and well favored. There is no greater in this house, neither, okay, the verse 9. When the master's wife set eyes on him, look at Joseph's response. There is none greater in this house than I. Neither hath he kept back anything from me but thee. Because thou art his wife, how then can I do this great wickedness and sin against God? Joseph understood that what made him prosper was not just hard work, but his right living with God. He said, I will not let go. I will not trade it. I will not trade it. He said, why will I sin against it? He said, I, I am where I am today because I've learned to walk with God in a manner that plays him. Tonight, I know that a lot of us desire things may not be the way it ought to be, but I'm telling you the truth. The foundation of holiness needs to be mended in our lives. I want you to take you a decision tonight that you will serve God, even through the thick and the thin. I want you to make a decision in your heart tonight that, Lord, it may cost me friends and loved ones, but here I am, take my life. See, when God is with you, you will prosper. You will prosper. Take it from me. So tonight... I believe that some of us just need to examine our lives. You have been trying to help God, trying to do it your way. But do you really want true prosperity from God? Do you really want to prosper in his ways? Do you want the blessing of the Lord that maketh rich and add no sorrow? Then, the foundation of holiness and sanctification. Setting yourself aside for the master's use. As a vessel unto honor. Living a life. That is bringing glory to him. Knowing that, hey, you are not yourself. But your life belongs to God. That price and that foundation is not negotiable. It is my prayer tonight. Those of you who are joined online, in person, that you will break out from the bondage of sin. You will break out from the bondage of addiction. You will be separated afresh unto God. Meet for the master's use. I pray that every addiction that has caused death that has separated you from God. 